It's Monday. It's November 25th. And the word of the day is justice. Used in a sentence, Merrick Garland never became a Supreme Court justice, and that's why he was part of a ruling by the U.S. Court of Appeals last week confirming that House Democrats are allowed to subpoena Donald Trump's accounting firm, thus making Garland an official poetic justice. <laughs> well well done. Well done, sir. Yeah, well, I feel the fact that McConnell rhymes with Donald made it a foregone conclusion. It was going to happen. Yeah. So does <laughs> Dollhand. What? No, it doesn't. I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. Never mind. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, the Republican Party's publishing house eats itself so it'll get twice as big. <laughs> that genie will make me regret not specifying which racist wall-building corrupt world leader I wanted to see indicted. And Rudy Giuliani secures funding for his Ukraine operation from a Nigerian prince. Oh, nifty. But first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, we have less than three days left on Vulgarity for Charity. Uh-oh. Any last-minute bonus incentives to get people to donate? Yeah, we are way too close to the goal at this point, so I would like to say that if we hit $100,001, Noah doesn't quit smoking and won't make me cry <laughs> at the next six months' worth of company meetings. Uh, wait, wait, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I said I would anything. quit smoking if we hit $100,000. I never said what I'd do if we went over that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Got to hit it just right. Yeah. So go to modestneeds.org, donate $50 or more, and email the receipt to vulgarity for charity all spelled out at gmail.com with a photo of your desired roastee and a few obnoxious details about that person or place, thing, concept, phenomenon, event, anything. Just get creative. In yeah. fact, oh. that's better. Yeah, exactly. I had to roast addiction. That was a fun challenge. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. A concept. I want to I want to roast more concepts and less yeah, people. Absolutely. In our lead story tonight, the electric monk from Dirk Jetley's Holistic Detective Agency told Devin Nunes, quote, you got to be fucking kidding me. End quote. <laughs> After Gordon Sondland's public testimony required him to fetch yet another chalkboard to explain the counter narrative where Trump isn't a third rate mob boss. Of course, if facts mattered, we wouldn't have needed to bother hearing from Sondland since the impeachment investigation already has more smoking guns than for done. But it was still pretty damning to see a guy who supported Trump to the tune of a seven-figure inaugural donation <laughs> sitting around going, that dude's a fucking yeah. crook, man. He's a fucking crook. Yeah. Sondland puts the pro in quid pro quo. Yes, he is yes. a professional that. He's a live action quid pro quo. Yes. His job is a literal quo. A million dollar quo. He just turns to everybody. You guys know this time is going to end, right? Like they're recording this for a time when he's not president. <laughs> no? Just me? This is why I'm just running. You. It's not. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Just me. Now. To be clear, Sondland didn't tell us anything that we didn't already know, really, but he did say a lot of things that Devin Nunes desperately doesn't want to know. 
<laughs> like basically his entire testimony was just Swiss cheesing the incredibly convoluted defenses Republicans have offered up for Trump's behavior. He sank the idea that Giuliani was doing this without Trump's direct knowledge. He sank the idea that the quid pro quo could have been like a misinterpretation on the part of his, uh, the president's underlings. He sank the notion that Ukrainian officials didn't know the military aid was directly tied to investigating Biden's son. And as he was icebergging the fuck out of the rickety little boat, he also locked Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, and Rick Perry in the brig, which was <laughs> nice. <laughs> Let's see. Who do evil people care more about the presidents? Oh, themselves. Them. Right, themselves. Yep, yep, Let me yep. make sure. Yeah. Yeah. One nice thing about rich people is just how far we could theoretically make them fall. Yeah, right. <laughs> how fast they narc on other rich people to avoid that because <laughs> they're exactly. terrified. Hmm. Of course, his was hardly the only damning testimony we heard last week. We also heard from Alexander, that's Lieutenant Colonel to you, bitch, Vindman, uh, the <laughs> top Ukraine specialist on the National Security Council, uh, former special envoy and guy who sent a text that basically said, I would like to not be a part of the crime you're committing, Kurt Volker. <laughs> Um, as well as another like half dozen experts and aides that sat in on the Zelensky car call at the heart of the scandal. Every single one of them confirmed the basic narrative that Sondland spelled out, even the ones the Republicans called. And of course, the GOP is arguing that there are plenty of people who could tell the other side of the story. But since Trump is the one that won't let him testify, that's a hard fucking sell. Uh, wh what did it, what did he say? I, I've got binders full of witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> But just to be clear, regardless of who they get to testify, the GOP narrative is Trump never said the words, hey, Gordon Sondland, please help me do this crime in which I trade Ukraine a quid meeting for a quo investigation of Hunter Biden. Pro. <laughs> Those exact words. Yes. And the other argument is that the conspired crime didn't fully play out. Yeah, right, right. No, they're calling that they're, one a second excuses time. incompetence. Right. Now, first of all, I don't believe that he never said those exact words, right? Like I we're taking that's an awful lot of faith that they're taking in that. But yeah, if there was any lingering doubt as to whether the House would vote to impeach, that vanished before Sondland was done with his opening statement that literally included the words, quote. Was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes. <laughs> a lot of vagueness quote. there. A so, lot of wiggle room. Yeah. That thing I said happened, he's yeah, saying. Right. Yes. Uh, and, and that leads to the far more interesting question of how this trial will proceed in the Senate. Now, yes, technically Mitch McConnell could Mitch McConnell it, but... It doesn't look like he's got the numbers for that. His party is not going to go along with that. So they're going to have to have a trial. And basically, they're going to get to make up the rules beforehand. They have not specifically asked for our input. But what do you guys think? How should they format the impeachment trial? <laughs> uh, a dunking booth full of urine? Hunger Games. I like it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> yeah. I want to play. Oh. I will die to Hunger Games yes. it with any yes. of those senators. <laughs> Or Trump. <laughs> All right. So from what I've seen so far, there's a couple of competing factions within the Republican Party. A lot of them would like to get it over with as quick as possible and hope their goldfish ass constituents will have largely forgotten about it by Election Day. And as crazy as that sounds, keep in mind how quickly they got over the Syrian withdrawal. Right. Um, others have floated the idea of dragging it out as long as possible so that the Democratic senators running for president won't be able to campaign as much. 
because they're sitting <laughs> in on watching their guy get tried <laughs> for treason. Super dumb. Yeah, right, right. Because like apparently they're slightly more stupid than evil still, That's which good. is good for us. That's yeah, good. not in um, shake nobody's hand during this electoral period. <laughs> <laughs> I vote Jill Stein. But yeah, so. The majority seem to favor a trial that's just long enough to make it look like they're taking it seriously and didn't already make their minds up. And the duration they've landed on for that is two weeks or what? 4.5% of an OJ trial. Because <laughs> deciding whether the president bribed a foreign leader with taxpayer dollars to rig an American election in his own favor to the benefit of a hostile foreign leader is deserved about as much time as it took. Pizza Hut to secure my replacement. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, you committed way, way less serious crimes at that Pizza Hut, Noah. I also <laughs> committed way less serious crimes. Yes, yes. And quick, before Eli says anything else, Andrew told him not to bring up on the air. We're going to pause for a quick word from this week's sponsor, Policy Genius. Hi, I'm Heath Enright. And I'm Eli Bosnick. You know... Heath's an awful smart guy, but there's one thing he's not smart about. Eli, it doesn't count as beating me at chess if you cry until I agree that your queen gets three lives. No, well, pin in that, but no, I'm talking Still beat you. about life insurance. For all the economics and astrology that Heath has um, in his head, astronomy? he doesn't have life insurance. And statistically, you, listener, like Heath, also need life insurance. And you're also bald. Okay, well, yeah, numerically that's... That's actually fair. It's been a busy decade. Well, that's why Hard. there's Policy Genius. What's Policy Genius? Policy Genius is the easy way to shop for a life insurance plan that's not tied to your job. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. The life insurance you buy through Policy Genius stays with you even if you leave your job. And Policy Genius doesn't just make it easy to get life insurance, they also help you find the right home and auto insurance, and disability insurance, too. Okay, I have car insurance. Would you have it if you weren't legally required to? Okay, well, here's the thing. What you, what you do is you set aside money, right? You, like, put it aside. So, when you're looking at when, your workplace benefits okay. this month, make sure to double-check your to insurance you. options. Then go to policygenius.com to get quotes and apply in minutes. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. It's about putting equity aside. Yeah. You have it ready. Sure it is. It is. <laughs> my car is worth less than my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. Next up in headlines, in Neddy Potts calling the kettle black news, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has officially been indicted for bribery, fraud, and breach of trust this week in what sane people are calling so way, way too much, too way, way too little, so very much too late. <laughs> it's like your stupid friend who's been dating a, a literal war criminal. Yeah. And you've been saying, hey, stop dating that war criminal. You see the war right now doing war crimes. And then decades later, they're like, hey, you know what? I think I might be dating a war criminal. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, but except for the analogy to work, like at a certain point, you also started dating a war criminal, right? Right. You know, like, yeah. You are a war criminal. Anyway, so <laughs> we should point out that this is only the latest blow in what's been a very hard couple of years for Nettie B. Never Forgetty. But like most genocidal dictators whose right-wing support is failing under the sheer weight of numbers, he's decided to call it a witch hunt. A witch hunt. Yeah. 
He's a terrifying cross between Trump and Putin. Right. And he actually looks like that. I mean, like, conceptually, <laughs> yeah, the things actually. he does behavior-wise he is, but he looks like that, too. Stop dating him. Like, I get it. He's good at board game night. But again, you know, war crimes, just as the other side of that coin. Plus, two extremely low-level crimes. Apparently, yeah, well, yeah too, right. That we're now right. focused on. Yes, we are. So, you're probably wondering what bribery and fraud we're talking about. Perhaps the covering up of government support of illegal settlement projects or fudging numbers on how many unarmed children they've sniped this year. Nope. It's taking money to extend the visa of the producer of Pretty Woman. Yeah. What? That's yeah, what's bringing so, them down. <laughs> new tactic, House Democrats. Go after Trump for sharing his Netflix password. You know he <laughs> yeah. does. That's theft. Works. Why does the producer of Pretty Woman need to be there longer? What's happening? It's a journey. That's right. Of the serious bribery charges brought against nothing but Nettie... One is accepting 150,000 British pounds in gifts in exchange for a visa extension. So again, just to conclude, Netanyahu, who has probably done the most to extend the Palestine-Israeli conflict in the last 25 years and has committed Hague-level war crimes, according to The Hague, on a regular <laughs> basis, is going to be brought down by doing a favor... For the guy who thought Guy Falls in Love with a Street Hooker was a good plot for a romantic comedy. <laughs> what can I say? Okay. Big mistake. Huge. Um, it's yep. an amazing movie. It's it a great premise. Well, fantastic. if you liked it, you would have gotten it. My last nine was a <laughs> reference to it. I was pretty damn funny. Yeah. Actually. Thank you. And in What's Up? <laughs> What's Up? News. Topical. Topical. 1999 <laughs> commercial. Nailed it, Budweiser. Former mayor of New York City, personal lawyer to Donald Trump, and guy whose face is allergic to his neck, Rudy Giuliani, is all over the news right now as a major figure in the impeachment hearings. But he also has one other job that needs to be mentioned. He's a professional cybersecurity expert. Asterisk. Asterisk. Um, I'd call it an alleged job, I guess, a self-proclaimed job. But, I mean, he does actually get paid to travel the world and give talks about cybersecurity. But he definitely should not. That's no, ridiculous. No, he should not. We learned this week that he conducted back-channel talks with Ukraine officials and American diplomats using his non-secure personal cell phone <laughs> and WhatsApp. Yep. While connected to Ukrainian data networks. <laughs> okay, well, I am communicating with foreign nations to negotiate a takedown of a political opponent. Better set these messages to disappearing. Don't yeah. <laughs> Rudy, man, I've seen better encryption in ads for Ovaltine, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. And doesn't really matter if it's encrypted if Russians can just, like, yes. check your phone. God damn it. And uh, here's a little extra background on Giuliani's expertise with modern technology like phones and the, the internet and the space bar. I'm going to start with the space bar. He's not fully acclimated to this new device yet called is, is the that, space bar. Is that where Luke met Han in Star Trek? No, no, Mr. Giuliani, it's the long, it's the skinny button there. Oh, yeah, little man in a boat. Yeah, I heard all about it. Man. <laughs> All right. Well, whenever he uses an electronic device, I hear the cantina music playing. Like that—that <laughs> that is what I hear. 
So uh, regular listeners might remember this story from about a year ago when cybersecurity expert Giuliani <laughs> tweeted about the Mueller investigation and also refused to put spaces at the end of his sentences in that tweet. He wasn't out of characters. That didn't nope. get him under the line for characters. He's just dumb. <laughs> I, I guess he thinks he gets like rollover characters, like rollover <laughs> minutes for future tweets, like on his adorable old-timey cell phone plan that has rollover minutes. And by refusing to leave a space after a sentence that ended with G20 and starting the next sentence with in, he accidentally created a link to a non-existent website called g-20.in out of India. So a software guy who hates Trump and Giuliani saw that tweet, registered that domain, and put a bunch of news about Trump being a traitor on the site. And you get a whole bunch of hits. <laughs> and in response, Giuliani accused Twitter of <laughs> inserting a link yes. into his tweet. <laughs> he totally he did. did. That's the best. <laughs> At least when Eli talks about the guy who draws the red squiggles under his notes, it's a joke, right? <laughs> I'm not on a and, hunt for And him. he's not presenting himself as a cybersecurity <laughs> expert. I will find you, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, websites are tricky. So are <laughs> hyperlinks, apparently. And uh, also, so is the act of carrying a phone in your pocket without accidentally calling a reporter yeah. from NBC and talking about your crimes. <laughs> Last month, we learned that Giuliani butt-dialed a reporter at NBC and left a long voicemail during which Giuliani talked about the target of Trump's attempted bribery scheme with Ukraine. Talked all about the Bidens. And then he did the exact same thing a couple weeks later and left another message with the same reporter who was, I'm certain, weeping with laughter as he listened <laughs> yeah, to right. these. Hey, Dave, it's uh, Rudy. Sorry I missed a call from you. Anyway, just want to say you've got nothing. Boy, do you look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to every reporter on the Ukraine beat trying to legally change their name to Aaron Aronson, right? <laughs> I really wish I could have watched this reporter get these messages. It must have been like the best day for his friends. He's at the bar. Imagine going into oh. your editor's office and being like, hey, I've got a lead on the Ukraine thing with Giuliani. <laughs> he, what did he butt dialed? No, he butt dialed me a no, he, second time. He I literally did that again. I'm here to tell you, a fellow journalist, he butt-dialed me and confessed to crimes again. Again, yes. Stop he pinching me. me. None of us facts. are going to wake he up. He signed a fax. He butt-faxed me. I don't know how you would even do that. Stop pinching me. We don't, we're not going to wake up. <laughs> so, yeah, despite doing the old maniest possible thing on Twitter and the old maniest possible thing you can do with a phone in your pocket. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Apparently Giuliani has a Zach Morris cell phone with physical right. buttons. What? So despite all that, Giuliani continued his digital information lecture circuit and continued being Donald Trump's top advisor on cybersecurity. Yes. Which is exactly the person who should be telling the president of the United States that nobody should visit Ukraine and conduct covert bribe diplomacy while connected to their Russian-owned and <laughs> Russian-hacked networks. 
and they definitely shouldn't involve Gordon Sondland and let him have extremely loud conversations in a restaurant with the volume on his phone turned up so loud that everyone at the table can hear Donald Trump incriminate himself on the other side of that conversation. He's got just the best people, the best people the around best. him. Yeah. What the fuck? Was he using like a Nextel bleep bleep walkie-talkie <laughs> function? Who does that? Oh, come on. You're ruining my bus ride. <laughs> <laughs> and in But You Still Lost the Popular Vote News Tonight, I'm so Donald Trump Jr.'s <laughs> new book, Triggered. It's called Triggered. Triggered debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list asterisk. <laughs> or or actually no, actually dagger as a dagger symbol beside a book on the bestseller list indicates that it got there through institutional special interest group or bulk purchases. Wait, they they actually have a dedicated yes. symbol for that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to say, well, you know, it's number one, but not by, you know, people wanting to read it. <laughs> oh, like the Bible dagger. That's right. exactly okay. right. Yeah, exactly. It shows up on the all time list too. Um, and if there's anything, an official statement from the RNC unequivocally denying that they bought thousands of copies to game the bestseller list tells you it's that they bought thousands of copies to game the bestsellers list. Yes, yep. exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. This story is amazing for a million ways, but I just need a moment. He named his book the same thing as Joe Rogan's stand-up special. Yep. Or or Joe <laughs> yeah. Rogan ironically named his stand-up special before the book. It's like, watch, this election has been like watching Gen X and Nazis realize they're in love at the end of a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been a Joe Rogan homage. He might have like yeah. been, you know, a, he might have gotten an advanced copy of that from Donnie Jr. That That's go. not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah it could go either oh. way. So... Yeah, could, could he, he wanted Rogan to write him like a book jacket blurb or something. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so less than 24 hours after the RNC officially denied having made a bulk purchase of Junior's book, Time reporter Nick Confe- Confessor, Confessor? Confessor sounds better. We're going to go with that. Yeah. Uh, published an F- FEC disclosure showing that the RNC spent $94,800 at Books a Million <laughs> on, do- on donor mementos around the same time, by the way, that they announced that they'd be giving away copies of that book to anybody who donated more than 50 bucks to the RNC. Wow. But... But if you give a hundred, they won't give you a copy of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, regardless, I have not heard any evidence that the RNC called Books a Million and said, here's a hundred grand for those books. Quid pro quo. This is a transaction of money for books. So I don't know what you're throwing around accusations. Pretty much much here says the fat chicken rabbit. No. So the RNC continues to insist that there's nothing wrong with this. So apparently they were just lying about it before for funsies, right? And I could see that. I could see how they could just like kind of, oh, well, you know, we're sort of in that mode naturally. But they point out giving away a popular book with political donations is hardly something they just invented. Of course, the it's just a donor giveaway story is completely undercut by the fact that they bought the book from goddamn Books a Million at retail price. <laughs> <laughs> If you just they wanted did? to give, yes, yes, yeah. Yep. They, they spent like twenty three bucks a piece on them. Otherwise, it wouldn't count towards the fucking New York Times bestseller list. So, fucking no, guys. Well, excuse us 
for supporting small businesses. I'm yeah. not the left. <laughs> like bookstores, make up your mind. You, you don't want us to buy a bunch of our own stuff at retail, or you do? First, know. we all bought the New York Times in bulk, the newspaper, to get, John, <laughs> to get Don Jr. on the bestseller list. And, and you, you told us, no, you're stupid. It's not the newspaper itself selling. Now we bought the books. You said it was the books. What the fuck is it? <laughs> I just love that Like it came out, and they're like, fuck, they have a dagger. Who did? Why? Why didn't we know about the dagger? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you thought. That it was like a positive thing. They were like, "Ooh, swordy thing. Yeah. Let's get the swordy thing." <laughs> Must mean it's a manly book. Yeah. <laughs> and look, it's entirely possible that his book might have reached that same level without the RNC greasing the wheels for it. It's nonfiction. You don't have to sell that many to hit the top spot. There, Trump supporters don't read, but they still need something to it's- level the coffee table with. But, it's nonfiction asterisk. Well, yeah, yeah, right, dagger, yeah. But but the fact that you might have won if you didn't cheat isn't a great defense for cheating, right? Also, not a great defense for uh, claiming later that you won. No. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. To be fair, their first title was taken, A Million Little Pieces of Shit. I see. <laughs> and in the pedophile formerly known as Prince News tonight, oh, Queen Elizabeth's second that's son. Fantastic. Oh, that's mm-hmm. terrifying and fantastic. Saw his older brother's legacy of incredibly public affairs, pseudoscience, racism, and then thought, hold my tea, I'm going to defend my best friendship with a pedophile pimp. And it didn't go well this week. Well, in fairness, I'd say that sort of thing has never gone better. Also, <laughs> or worse, it's, yeah. it's just right. No, both. this this time last week, you could have just gone with this sort of thing has never gone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, for those of you who aren't caught up, my fellow NYU alum, go Violets, Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> killed himself when he realized that his upcoming trial for sex trafficking charges would make his famous friends look bad. Killed the fuck out of himself. All by himself he did. 100%. Uh, okay. Yeah, all the way him. And the guards in charge of literally nothing but watching him so he doesn't commit suicide just got charged with mysteriously forgetting to do the one single task they had. Right. Yeah, Weird. No, either evidence of a conspiracy or evidence that people who do a life-threatening job for 15 bucks an hour cut corners, so you decide. Apparently... Yeah. We used to have a whole systems to investigate that shit, but no, you decide. Yeah, you decide. (laughs) This is is how it works now. This is the internet. This is the internet, motherfuckers. (laughs) Anyway, this suicide caused many to wonder, hey, what were all those people doing just hanging out with Jeffrey (laughs) Epstein for all those years when he was a pedophile pimp? And last month, Prince Andrew stepped forward to let us know voluntarily that he was definitely not Having sex with kids, if that's what you were asking. Nope, not <laughs> doing that. And as you can see in my consensual sex with adults calendar that I have, <laughs> it says uh, boffing with Brett and Squee Epstein party, both consensual adult sex things on this calendar. So there you go. Oh, evidence. Yes. In an interview so self-sabotaging and pathetic, all it was missing was doxing Heath and then quitting podcasting forever. Prince Andrew (laughs) insisted that the reason he flew out to New York to celebrate Epstein's release from prison was because he was, quote, too honorable and needed to end their friendship in person. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> like a lot of bullshit reasons you could go with for went to see my pedophile buddy on his way out of pedophile prison, but it was the honorable thing to do is not on the list, bro. That's not one of them. Mm-mm. I think that's a text breakup. That's a valid <laughs> text breakup. That's a tweet. You can tweet that shit. Um, so having nailed that sentence, he took time in the very next sentence to praise the late pedophile's ability to, quote, bring people together. Oh, quote. phrasing. Yeah. Not adding by which I mean me and the underage girls I was raping. Yeah. <sighs> Either way, this dude managed to make the monarchy look bad, so he's stepping down from his public duties as prince. And what duties are those, you may ask? Well, I did a little research. Turns out his public duties were mostly hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, not having sex with children. So, self-solving problem, what can you say? Yeah. And he smashed into a pillar in a tunnel in Paris. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah, probably the best of the many arguments against maintaining symbolic monarchies, right? Their jobs were literally don't fuck kids and don't endorse magic potions over medicine, and they failed across the board. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Poor Liz. Wow. Tough year for her. Tough year. Tough year. <laughs> and finally tonight. In Debate is Enough news, 10 Democratic candidates took the stage last week for the fifth primary debate. And just like with the anniversaries, it's tradition for the fifth debate to be wooden. <laughs> and it was. It was like watching C-SPAN, but with a few extra layers of boredom built on top of that yeah. somehow. It was like watching people talk about how boring it was when they watched C-SPAN. And... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's because everyone involved had been watching the impeachment hearings on C-SPAN yeah. all week, and they didn't really care about trying to differentiate 10 different brands of not evil, which, I mean, it's actually good in some sense, definitely boring to watch, but it's good that most of the field seems to be aware that one of them winning the general against Mike Pence is the top <laughs> priority. <laughs> but which of the... Three viable candidates and seven distractions. Will it be? Tune in 43 more times to not yeah. find out. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. To not find out. God, it was the slowest moving thing on television with the possible exception of his dark materials. <laughs> we have Shots to like fired. We have to like that. We have to like that. What is that about? I haven't seen it. Don't it's, watch it's, it, you're saying? It's about it's not about anything yet. It's going to be about something someday, though, they swear. Okay. We're gonna Sounds get, great. We're going to kill God at the end. God would like it. <laughs> that Atheism TV channel is <laughs> about to get off the ground. It's going great. So the debate <laughs> the, the debate was mostly not that. It, it was even less of a debate than normal, which is already not much of a useful debate at all. They need to fix the format of these things. The vast majority of the time was spent on everyone just repeating the material from their stump speeches. Yes, exactly. But we did get a few moments of controversy, uh, mostly thanks to Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gab, obviously not going to be winning the primary and therefore spent most of her time adding bullet points to her resume to get another job with Fox News. And Kamala Harris actually brought that up, pointing out that it's unfortunate to have a so-called Democrat on stage who spent four years on Fox News criticizing the Obama administration. And... Just to be clear, I'm fine with Gabbard being critical of Obama for certain policies or anybody else being critical. That's fine. 
but don't dignify Fox News with your presence. That's gross. Yeah. And maybe stop being involved with a less stable version of the Hare Krishna cult. Also, <laughs> would be a great thing to do if you're going to be a Democrat to, on that stage. To, to be clear, I want Heath is talking about two different things, right? Like I, I, I know, I know you're doing that, but like you know. She's on Fox News and belongs to a breakaway faction of the Harry Christian. Heath was referencing two different cults in that show. Yeah, yeah it's an important distinction. Thank you. Know, I thought her approach was good. She came out. She was likable. I can't help but notice that Marianne Williamson has left the race, so I'm here to step up the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It's an angle. She's got yeah, an angle. you need a lane. Everybody needs a lane. Wow. Yeah. Uh, another fun moment was when Cory Booker told Joe Biden to stop getting stoned right before talking about marijuana legalization. <laughs> this was fun. It was in response to a recent comment from Biden in which he said that we shouldn't legalize until we have evidence that it's not a gateway drug because Biden's drug policy is from a 1980s dare workbook. Yeah, right. So that's <laughs> right. good. Leading candidate. So Booker brought that up and told Biden, quote, I thought you might have been high when you said that because marijuana in our country is already legal for privileged people. The war on drugs has been a war on black and brown people. End okay. quote. Okay. Great point. Tell me, I feel like Joe Biden believed him for like a second, right? Because it looked like he was thinking to him, he was like, really? Did we do it by race? Never you, but... Christian, he like leans over and whispers to him, do you remember how Uncle Joe voted on that one, Barack? <laughs> look I, I mean it's not that i don't agree with booker on this one joe biden might as well come out and say well you know i done seen a movie where it made a girl jump out a window uh, but like it would be real easy to conclude if you only knew cory booker from these de debates it would be really easy to conclude that the man was only able to speak in zingers like fucking cut it out cory yeah, I kind of enjoyed him though. I, I'm a I'm a pretty big Cory Booker fan, and I liked I liked his zingers. I, I thought he did a pretty good job. We'll see. He should, he'll be he's a he's a good good rising star. If he doesn't win this primary, which I'm pretty sure he won't, he'll, he'll be doing some good stuff. He drops but, out of uh, the race. I'll follow him on Twitter. <laughs> sure, I think I'm following him now. If I'm not, I'm going to check him out. He's he's fun. Anyway, we also got to watch uh, a little win for. Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Boo. he's actually polling at the top of the field for the Iowa caucus. Get out of here. Which is, shit. yeah, well, I mean, this is another great reminder that Iowa needs to stop fucking mattering yes, so much. right. <laughs> I, I like Mayor Pete, but I, I don't know. He's like eight years old and he's whiter than me. That's not great. That's That's like translucent white. He's got some learning to do, uh, especially about race relations. So do I. Him even more, apparently. Point being, <laughs> Iowa should be voting somewhere in the last to never range. This is ridiculous, <laughs> the way we have it going right now. And I've been there many times. I have some family there. It's fucking terrifying It really is, yeah. Iowa having two senators is already a giant overrepresentation of Iowan ideas in American politics. That's crazy. <laughs> All that being said... I thought he had another strong debate. He's good at debates. I think he's very intelligent, um, including his response to another attention grab by Tulsi Gabbard. She accused Mayor Pete of saying he wanted to invade Mexico, which is obviously false. He said he would send troops in cooperation with the Mexican government if it made sense to do that. Um, and his response to Tulsi Gabbard was basically, 
what the fuck are you talking about? Stop trying to make WWE backroom talks yes, happen. Yes, right. Fucking yeah, calm right. down. I wanted her to respond. Oh, oh, are we are we dropping our characters? Are you gonna stop pretending you can out Jesus? You're gay? No, no, that's what I thought. <laughs> Let me hit you with a folding chair. Yeah, we're all doing our bits here, Pete. Pete, not Peter. Pete. <laughs> he should maybe switch to Peter. He's eight Wants to as be it president? is. P yeah, Petey. He's basically Petey. Yeah, and just to reiterate how boring this debate was. I'd say my favorite part of the night was getting to watch a couple more of Amy Klobuchar's classic Midwestern comedy bits. What the fuck is wrong? Blue God. collar comedy tour. Look, that tater salad guy killed himself. You've got an open spot. Bring him in. <laughs> what? No, he didn't. He did. Ron White? Google it. He is not dead. Google it. I will not Google that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, that was the highlight, though, just to reiterate. Amy Klobuchar's bits were the highlight. In the first debate, she criticized false campaign promises, calling that sort of thing, quote, all foam and no beer. Apparently, that's what they say in Minnesota. No, it's not. Nobody says that. Apparently, I don't know. It makes no... They have a weird prank-based bartending system in their head. I don't <laughs> know it, what the it. fuck that would mean. There's no beer in there. <laughs> and uh, this time, she added a new local saying. According to Klobuchar, quote, I'm not going to go for things just because they sound good on a bumper sticker and then throw in a free car. <laughs> End quote. What? Yeah. What is the correct response <laughs> to that? Pretty sure this went on a t-shirt at Klobuchar.com, which is basically the opposite of a bumper really? sticker. T-shirt. It's like a non-vehicular upper body. It doesn't even, it's not even in the same area. And uh, she also threw in a little <laughs> humble brag, I guess, about how she raised $17,000 in campaign money from her ex-boyfriends. Read, I've had sex multiple times. Yeah. Yes, I have. <laughs> that is a, we, we should just point out, that is a staggeringly low amount of money to raise in a presidential race. <laughs> really from a, If I ran for president and I only raised $17,000 from friends and family, I would never tell anyone ever. <laughs> I guess here's the thing about Klobuchar, like it's it's a lot of fun to watch somebody realize that their zinger isn't working in real time to watch the look on their face. But as Amy has proven time and again, it's way more fun to watch somebody not realize it in real time. <laughs> OK, fantastic. I just want to throw this out there. I will match her ex-boyfriends. I will donate seventeen thousand dollars if she does. Chris rocks the difference between black people and N-words <laughs> word for word as her answer to all questions of the next <laughs> If she's literally never done that in her life, I will also donate $17,000. Her and Michael Scott going to training with Larry Wilmore. Yeah, so just to recap, this was the Seinfeld of debates. It was a debate about nothing. And, uh, one of the leads probably ends up yelling racial slurs on a different stage in the near future. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying it's definitely going to be Tulsi Gabbard, but, you know, Fox News has a dedicated stage for that kind of they stuff. Do. She wants to go Michael Richards. So there you go, Tulsi. You got, you got a future. And on that note, I think we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. Thanks to Amy Klobuchar for your amazing bits. <laughs> and thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. 
Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And please keep donating to Modest Needs. Give more money to Modest Needs. Absolutely. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Connor, Beelzebub's favorite heathen, Josh, Steve, Anita, Ellen, Wendy the Wonderful Atlantic Canuck, Michael, and Antonine Scalia's homoerotic indentured servant, whose dicks and vaginas are so beautiful that Lizzo is crying because she loves you. Great job by Lizzo at the Grammys, by the way. She crushed it, And she she? listens. She's a big fan. Hi, Lizzo. Lizzo's a big fan. Hello. Lizzo didn't know that. I met her at uh, Ron White's funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Very down to earth. Very personal. Very sweet lady. Oh, I'm a not, big Lizzo fan. Everybody check out Lizzo, though. She's pretty awesome. Not actually black. A lot of people don't know that. What is <laughs> happening? <laughs> Everything Eli said recently, I'm just blanket for the whole episode just to be, you know, careful. Just disregard. Great. Check out Lizzo's Tiny Desk concert, though. I was listening to that recently, watching that. It's good stuff on NPR. Also, Snarky Puppies. They had a good Tiny Desk concert recently. Check out those Tiny Desk concerts. Yeah. Nobody? I don't know nope. what a tiny desk concert is. NPR does these. They, they, no they have people, they, they have the musicians could do the little tiny. They're at this tiny little desk. And they How tiny? Concert. Like it's pretty desk? self-explanatory. Title's pretty on the nose. Victorian? It's very small. It's adorably small. They can barely fit the band. Snarky Puppy especially because it's like a pretty big ensemble. And they're all smashed in. Right. They, they do a pretty awesome job. Tiny desks. Tiny desk concerts. And... Whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, Citation Needed, and The Tiny Desk Concerts, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web, also NPR.org. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide, or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Sure the fuck won't find them at a tiny desk, that's for sure. <laughs> they need, they deserve a tiny desk. Just one guy. It would just be just one guy. Ryan sitting in front of the They would need, desk. they have multiple, they need, god damn it. Until next time, Catch Ray sign off. <laughs> Heath is doing secret ads for NPR. <laughs> <laughs> Check out the Prairie Home Companion. Companion, huh? If you like being groped. Garrison Keeler, really good friend of Prince Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) I met him at Ron White's funeral. (laughs) Why did my name get spelled wrong? Did I do that? I don't know. Maybe we don't know how to spell anybody's name. Maybe you just uh, have no idea after years of writing it how to spell everybody's name, including your own. I don't know. <laughs> What's amazing is that, like, I was able to reverse engineer everything that happened there just by looking at those first two lines. Because I looked at this ad, and I'm like, oh, I'm not in it. I don't have to read this. I went back to it, and I saw that, and I'm just like, oh, I get it. It's like an argument frozen in time. <laughs> yeah, except only one person is smart enough to be having it. <laughs> Lou, Lou, Lou. I wrote Heath's name. Lou, Lou, Lou. 
And just now, I literally was just like, oh, did I like fucking hold my finger down <laughs> on a key? <laughs> Maybe my name is spelled like that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Ed, you ready over there? I'm Eli ready. Buznichk. Ready. Great. And we're back. Next up in headlines, in Nettie Pot calling the Kettle Black News. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has officially been indicted for bribery, fraud, and breach of trust this week in what same people are calling so way, way too much, too little, way, way, so very much, too late. Do you want to read that not like slam poetry? <laughs> The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.